You're listening to the Flow Theory Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Wade Peary, and boy, oh boy, am I fired up to welcome today's next guest. Do not adjust your audio levels out there, ladies and gentlemen, because this man may sound and look like former MMA legend and YouTube superstar Kimbo Slice. But make no mistake about it, this man pounded and pummeled his way into the hearts and minds of Ohio Bobcat football fans forever. He finished his career as Ohio's all-time leading rusher with 4,398 rushing yards, and he had 903 rushing attempts, a school record. That is an absolutely massive workload, ladies and gents. He was three-time first-team All-Mid-American Conference 2005, 2006, and 2007. And in 2006, helped guide the Ohio Bobcat football program to their first Mac East title since 1968. And also helped the Bobcats punch their ticket to the GMAC Bowl against the Southern Miss Golden Eagles. Ladies and Jets, Please welcome to the show, standing at 5'11", 208 pounds, hailing from Decatur, Georgia, Calvin Big Thanks so much for coming on the show, big guy. Nah, it's my pleasure, man. I definitely appreciate you having me. Um, been looking forward to doing this, man. You know, uh, I think we're going to have some great things to talk about, man, and just, just kind of do like you and I do, man. Just have a great conversation. You got it, my man. Let's talk about the song Vision. Let's talk about Vision and uh, Vision by OBOY and why you picked that. I, I like that beat myself. I, you know, with me, man, music is, is huge about everyday life. Um, there was something about that beat that just kind of spoke to me, man. Just something I, I could see myself riding through and just, you know, just vibing out to, man. It, it spoke to me, so I chose it. You know, I don't know if I actually picked it. I think it picked me. That's funny, man. You know, I can honestly see that. I kind of, I kind of envision that song actually. To like the background of a college football highlight video, I'll be honest. Like I can just I can I'm, see the players exactly. getting fired up in the tunnel, you know? Exactly, man. Exactly. And um one of the first things I want to talk about with you is one of the games that you had in the zone when you absolutely ripped Ball State. I think you went for over what was it, over two forty? Yeah, you know what? Um I want to say it's like 260 or 270, man. And, and 
that's one of the games I vividly remember. That was a uh, sophomore year homecoming, and you know, uh, like you said, Ball State came in, man, and it wasn't anything special about it going into the game. It wasn't like we had a special game plan, or it's not like I felt, you know, like damn. I, you know, sometimes you step on something like, all right, today's gonna be a good day. <laughs> you feel me like but it, it wasn't anything special about it man it was just you know like you said you get in those zones man and, and anytime you can have a game like that you best believe the dudes around you are doing what they're supposed to do so as always man like you got to show love on your offensive line and, and the fullbacks and the tight ends receivers man because anytime you look into a highlight you see a running back making a long run I can guarantee you that there's a key block from an old lineman or there's a receiver somewhere downfield blocking. But that game, man, that was just it's one of those games, man. We got it in that one. That's good you mentioned your offensive line, Calvin. Why don't you talk about playing with a guy like David White? I always really love talking to David over the years. <laughs> and uh, I talked to him numerous times. And, you know, he was always one of our uh, best offensive linemen. Absolutely, man. D. White, man. Uh, David White. He still gives me shit about my beard to the, and I give him shit about his. He tells me I look homeless, and I tell him he needs to shave his. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> offensive line, D. White, man. You know, it's just the offensive line in general. Uh, you know, just great dudes. I always say offensive linemen are strange birds. If you've ever spent time with an offensive lineman in their element, like on the field. They're weird, dude. They're, they're weird, but you can't live without them. You know what I mean? And, and D. White in particular, you know, I remember him just being a hard worker, getting after it and, and you know, just, just making shit happen on a consistent basis. You know, and obviously that's why he went on to have a really good career. Yeah, you know, it's good you mentioned the offensive line. I really feel like the offensive line in general, uh, people that really know football really well know it all starts up front on both sides of the ball at the line of scrimmage. Like, without it, you're nothing. You know, the running backs, Peyton Manning would have been nothing without his offensive line. You know, uh, they just take such a massive beating in the trenches with all those, you know, all of them wear those knee braces now, which has become a staple for a really long time in football. I tell you, I got nothing but respect for the guys up front. I used to love standing in practice at fall camp, standing behind the line of scrimmage, and just watching yeah. watching the collision of the line of scrimmage. Oh, my God. I, I was just kind of yeah, amazed yeah. at it. You know, I kind of felt like I was watching, like, the Greeks versus the Romans, you know? It, it, that, I think that's a great way to put it, man. It's such a violent, you know, they don't call it the trenches for nothing. You know, and it was so violent. And it's funny that uh, they take such a beating. I can remember uh, Matt Coppage, man, Cop, uh, played left tackle for us and and two thousand. Uh, five and six. Um, dude, it took like two or three people to get him in his in and out his pads because his shoulders were so bad. You know, he had on double braces, and I can remember him not even practicing some days throughout the week. But he toughed it out and found a way to get out there on Saturdays and give it his all, man. So, you know, people who don't understand the game, they get offensive linemen get the least amount of attention. But they should damn sure you get more, you know, and they get all love for me, man. Those dudes put it on the line every single day, every single play, man. Gotta love your line. 
Yeah, you're you're a smart man, Calvin. Did you ever? I know in the pros they always take take their offensive linemen out to uh, dinner and stuff like that. Was there anything special you ever did for the offensive lineman at OU? Made me give him a couple swaps in the dining hall, but that's it, man. You talking about a broke college kid? I ain't had no damn <laughs> money, so <laughs> I couldn't take him out to eat. Um, which I would have loved to have done if I were able to, but. You know, that's why if you hear me in any interview back in the day or even to this day now, man, one of the first things I'm going to do is recognize my offensive linemen and the dudes around me. You know, I've always said they made my job uh, so much more easier. Yeah, there's no question, you know, uh, running back couldn't do what they do without offensive linemen, man. They they take a severe beating in the trenches. Nothing but respect for all yeah. the offensive linemen at OU. And, and they really helped uh, – Helped to carry us to the Mac East title more than anything else. You know, without a solid offensive Absolutely. line, we would not have been there. Um, not at all. Talk about, let's talk about the Northern Illinois game, 2006. This was an absolute classic. Garrett Wolf, <laughs> Jesus Christ, did this guy go <laughs> fucking bananas? This man, 285 all purpose yards. Versus Ohio State, who, by the way, was the top-ranked team in America that year. What yeah. in the hell yeah. were you guys doing when you were watching the tape of Garrett Wolf gashing the top-ranked Buckeyes? I would have been like, "Holy shit, we're in for it." So it was funny because uh, I had I met Garrett. Uh, I met him at Mac Media Day over the summer. Um, and he, you know, we we knew who each other were. That was my first time meeting him. And we kind of, um, yeah, we knew we were playing each other that year. So it was kind of like, hey, you know, let's put on a good show, go out there and do our thing. Uh, I didn't watch film with him because I was an offensive player. Uh, but I knew, having seen him before, I knew the defense had their hands full. And, and, and goddamn, man, he, you know, I can remember being on the sideline saying, shit, I don't know if we're going to stop this. <laughs> uh, we had a hell of a defense, and we had a hell of a defense that year. I mean, you talk to Matt Muncy, uh, Tyler Ross, Russ, Michael Graham, Mike, you know, Mike Mitchell, Dwayne Cohen. You know, we had dudes on defense, you know, but he was just that talented. So on the sideline, you're like, all right, man, look, we got to score some points today because this, mother- this motherfucker ain't playing, man. He- he's the real deal. Uh, I mean, it was great to watch. It- it's a certain appreciation you have being on the sideline and watching another running back do his thing, even if it's against your team. You know, at some point, it's like, all right, that's a, that's a damn nut now. You know, you <laughs> but, <laughs> but But it is there's an appreciation there. Just to, and, he was, and he wasn't a big guy. He wasn't big at all. But he got the most out of everyone. He was a hell of a uh, back out of the backfield, man. Dude was solid, you know. He was solid. Yeah, you know, he led the country in rushing yards that year. He had 1,928 rushing yards that year. Yeah, I believe it, man. I believe it. And it's, you know, you talk about that game. So that year we had, we played Tennessee Martin first. And, you know, I think we kind of went in with like a little vanilla game plan. Like in your mind, you're like, okay, Division Two school, we should win this game. We, and you know, you have a conference game, the second game of the year. So it's like, you don't want to really show anything. Well, the Tennessee Martin, those dudes came to play, and that ended up being more of a game than it should have, right? So you go on, I go into Northern Illinois, thinking like, okay, I got to bounce that. Like, this is a bounce that game. You know, you need a high going into it. 
again, it's a conference game. Um, and side note, Juvenile, you know, Juvenile, he had a song called Bounce Back. That was my pregame song, Wade. Long. So, like, before every game, we would go back in after warm-up before you go back out on the field for kickoff. I listened. That was the last song I listened to. So Juvenile, mind, like, Bounce Back. That's yeah, funny, man. Bounce Back, man. Absolutely. Uh, and then my, that's how I approached that game. Like, damn, I got to bounce back because didn't really have a good game offensively against Timothy uh, Martin. Uh, and another thing I learned about that game, man, Arthur Everson fucking balled. I think he had to have a game of his career. Oh you know? yeah, he had over he had over you know? three hundred passing yards that game. Yeah, absolutely, man. Shout out to Ace. He came uh, out Willie awesome. Beeman style that game. He did, man. I remember him hitting Will Norwood on like a, a theme route, you know, just straight up the middle of the field. I thought they might have been in cover two or something and we'll find that board between the stages that eight and it was probably the ugliest pass I ever seen. It was a duck, but it was the most accurate duck I've ever seen. Will <laughs> and Will took it the rest of the way, man. And, you know, that kind of set the tone, man. So I you know, looking back on that game, I don't think I would have had the game that I was able to have if Ace didn't ball the way he did, if Austin didn't play the way, as well as he did. Yeah, man, you guys won that game 35-23. to 23. That was an absolute classic. Mm-hmm. I mean, you had yeah. you had over 200 all-purpose yards, and Wolf had mm-hmm. 196 rushing yards and two TDs. Just a clash oh, of two <laughs> titans. It was. It was, man. And I can remember late in the game, I think we scored a late touchdown. But it was a pivotal point in the game. And, uh, you know, we're standing on the sideline. And Justin Fitzgerald, shot the fifth of my dog, of my brother. Fitz is like, oh, shit. And I'm like, what? He's like, they're going zero blitz. You know, Coach Burrow is like, fuck it, we're blitzing. Yeah, I mean, everybody. He's <laughs> like, all right, we're going to man up on the corner. Cover zero. We bring in the house. It was like, and I'm like, oh, shit. Like I said, this is a pivotal point in the game. Uh, that the pressure was able to get there, and I think it was like, a, I think it ended up being an incomplete pass, and, you know, they, we had to turn over on down, and we kind of scored a couple of plays later. You know, got a late touchdown. Yeah, what an epic game. I tell you what, that, yeah, that, that was, was one of Austin's, I looked at Austin's stat line in that game, I was like, holy cow, Calvin <laughs> was not kidding, man. This man balled yeah. this game. <laughs> he balled, man, absolutely. It's a great choice. I'm very fascinated, Calvin. If you ever got to talk to Coach Solich, you know, I never really heard many of the players ask Coach Solich about his Nebraska days. I mean, I'm a college football junkie. So, you know, one day we were in the office and and Coach Solich will never remember who the hell I am. But anyways, (laughs) one day in the office, I'll never forget it. They had just named 95 Nebraska the greatest college football team of all time, right? And I'm in the room getting ready to run the scoreboard. And I was like, hey, Coach Zolich. He's like, oh, yeah, what's that? I was like, you know, they named the greatest college football team of all time, don't you? He goes, who's that? I was like, 95 Nebraska. He just he just looked at me. He smiled. And he goes, good team. <laughs> God, that, that team balled out, dude. Touchdown, Tommy Frazier. Come on, man. I mean, that's a super talented team, although I do disagree with that because I feel like the 2001 Miami Hurricanes was the best college football team ever. But, yeah, and it is what it is. That's not a, you know, we're not going to debate that. Um, I never personally talked to Coach Solich about Nebraska. Uh, 
he did. And, and you think back and look at the dudes, the running backs they had, you know, and you talk about Heisman Trophy winners, you know, um, and, but he came up to me one day and he said, you know, Calvin, I just want you to know you're doing a great job. Your running style is right up there with, you know, the running backs I've had at Nebraska. And, you know, I, and like you say, he may not remember ever telling me that, but that was a huge confidence boost. You know what I mean? To know, you talk about, you know, who, yeah, uh, Lawrence Phillips, Amon Green, uh, you know, there's so many great running backs. And him being a fullback in college and understanding the position, um, that did wonders for my confidence, you know, especially having a new coach coming in. So to hear him say that was huge for me. It just made me feel a lot more comfortable. Yeah, dude. Touchdown Tommy Frazier to this day, Calvin. One of my all-time favorite college football players. One of my one of my first memories of watching college football when I was a little kid, dude. Watching watching touchdown Tommy Frazier. Yeah, dude was legit, man. You know, you definitely can't deny that one. God, not at all, watching man. watching his highlights against Florida in the <laughs> Orange Bowl. I mean, what a beast, dude. Yeah. <laughs> and, yep. and I remember one yep. of the first days I got to watch Coach Solich. He was he was coaching the option one day in practice. And, and I just, I mm-hmm. like froze for a second. Because I was like, yep. this is fucking <laughs> awesome. Like, one of the yep. greatest option coaches of all time is coaching the option. Yep. Right in front of my face. This is epic. Like absolutely, <laughs> man. You're right, man. That's good shit, man. It, it was just, you know, Coach Thomas was or uh, is a man of few words, man. But you know, when he speaks, you listen, and when he speaks, it's typically good advice. Um, so anytime he spoke to me, I listened and I paid attention and tried to apply whatever he was telling me to my game, man. And, and it damn sure worked out for me. Yeah, you know. Coach Solich, not really a flashy guy, but just big on the fundamentals. And he, he really kept things simple out there in practice, like just watching his demeanor and everything. And, and I'll be honest, like, I don't ever remember him just getting absolutely just livid, you know, like, I I think he had like control of the team without just absolutely losing his mind. Like I've seen Nick Saban do like endless amounts of times, you know? I think Coach Solich yelled at me once. We were at Rutgers and we went sprint out. First time I blocked the uh, outside linebacker, I got him pretty good. I want I blocked. I got my block. The second time I missed the block, and it was like three plays later. Coach Solich was still yelling at me about missing that block. I was like, "Damn, man, okay." I don't think I missed the block the rest of my career. But I can't. I can't have Coach Solich yelling at me three plays after I've missed the block. Like, damn, let me get my shit together, man. Yeah, that's funny, dude. You know, like. I always see so many college football players and college basketball players getting yelled at, you know, on national TV. And I always think to myself, I'm like, you know what? It probably doesn't work that well, but more often than not, it seems to work. Yeah, man. You know, um, now being a coach, you, uh, I think a huge part of coaching is figuring out your players. You know what I mean? Uh, certain players respond well to yelling and some of them don't, you know, and I think the ones who can handle the yelling, they use that as motivation, man. You know, a coach's job is to get the most out of you. You know, and you have to figure out how, you know, how to to, to get that accomplished, man. But you say the average person looking at that on TV and they'll say, oh, that coach is mean. You shouldn't be. Dude, it's, it's sports, man. You go into it knowing that, all right, 
I'm gonna have to. I may get ripped. May get ripped apart by this coach, but I know ultimately he cares about me. He wants what's best for me. You know, and I think that's one of the things I appreciate appreciated about Coach Alvin. You know, he and I kind of had an understanding early on. I think he yelled at me a couple of times, and then he realized, like, man, that's not how I need to reach him. And it's been great ever since. That's good, man. Yeah, it, it's definitely different for everyone, and I definitely agree with you. I, I saw a lot of people ripping Tom Izzo at Michigan State, you know, for yelling at his players. It's mm-hmm. like, guys, like, Tom Izzo's been doing that for years. You know, that's that's part of, course, of how yeah. that's part of the reason that Michigan State is so good because Tom exactly. Izzo demands so much out of his players at all times. Exactly, man. And they don't and that's just the one thing they see. You know, and that's part of, of the problem with society. You know, we're making you know, you we're, we're in that aspect of it anyway, you know. You kind of make these judgment off of one thing you see when you don't see the relationship Tom Izzo has built with his players throughout the year. You know, how none of his players have anything negative to say about him. You know, but you see him yelling at a kid on the sideline, like, oh, now nah, he's a bad coach. You know, like, all right, folks, let's just lighten up. He's a coach. He's, he knows how his players are going to respond to him. He's been doing it for years, you know? Yeah. Like, people are kind of sensitive. People are sensitive as shit when it comes to that. Yeah, I agree, Calvin. It's uh, it's definitely an oversensitive culture in uh, an endless amount of ways. I mean, we would we would have to start a whole new podcast just for that, Calvin. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh man. But um, I one thing I'm very curious, and and I have my choices on this. I'm more curious to hear yours on this. I want to hear your top top three or top four hits that you saw at Ohio mm, in a game or practice. <laughs> you put me on the spot with that one. But um, I can, I can start with mine and then you can, maybe yeah. it'll refresh yours. You ready? All right. Yep. You go ahead. All right. I tell you one, I'll never forget this until I die. Ohio at Virginia Tech. What was it? 2007? <laughs> 2007? 2007, yeah. Tyrod Taylor yep. played for the Hokies. The Hokies also had Xavier Adibi and Vince Hall. Shout out to that duo. One of the best linebacking yep. duos I've ever seen in my life. But I agree. And I got tickets. I somehow got tickets 15 rows off the field. 50-yard line, and I'll never forget, before that game, I saw Steven Jackson in the library, and Steven Jackson's Mm -hmm. like, hey, wait, I don't know if Mitch is going to be able to go, and this is, of course, Mike Mitchell, one of the hardest-hitting football players I've ever seen in my life, because his shoulder was messed up. I was like, all right, like, Mitch isn't going to be able to play. Next thing I know, Tyrod Taylor lost the absolute Biggest hospital ball I've ever seen. And fucking Mitch just absolutely kills the guy across the middle. And the ball just shoots in the air. And you were telling me that Landon caught it. But God, did Mike Mitchell fucking kill that guy. If I pick five, all five of them might be Mike Mitchell. That's definitely on there. Uh, and I get back to that one, but I remember we were the punt return or something, and Eric Eric Ujiki hit the 
he had a crackback block on our sideline. He fucking destroyed somebody. Um, <laughs> I, it was, oh my god! I mean, I love it. it. I love one. a good crackback block, bro. Oh my god! Have, yeah, you, have I mean, you seen? Have the, you seen the crack? There's like a crackback highlight video on YouTube. I gotta send you, dude. It's five minutes. Oh. Bro, yeah. have you seen Please the do, have you seen the one where the guy from Wisconsin just decleats yeah. the guy from Nebraska? Oh, that was a Big Ten championship. Yeah, that that that, 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 that that got called back too. I remember that. He one. absolutely that killed that guy. God. Yeah. So back to your Virginia Tech here. You know, like you said, you described it perfectly. Throws the ball, boom! Mike comes up, child. He great contact. <laughs> Ball flies in the air, and again, I'm on the sideline like, oh, shit, okay, get hit. Next thing I know, Landon, out, out of all people, all people, Landon Cohen takes the ball off the tip, and he goes straight running back mode. Like, in his mind, he's going to step on two people, stand on somebody, and have a pick six. My man probably got three yards and got tackled. Yeah, like three yards out the interception. But again, in his mind, he's like, fuck this. I'm, I'm about to take this to the house. <laughs> I'm about to I'm about to Heisman this to the end zone. Exactly. And like I bet you in his mind he saw himself high stepping from the twenty in Lane Stadium. And his ass ended up getting like three yards uh, and got tackled there. But you gotta love LC, man. You know, Landon obviously uh, you know, one of my one of my closest friends off the team and you know, who went on to have a really great career shit, played in the Super Bowl, won a great cup in uh in Canada. And, uh, you know, he's doing great with his businesses now, man. But shout out to LC. Yeah, I tell you, I didn't remember Landon picking that off. But, man, I will never oh, yeah. forget. I will never forget that hit that Mitch laid on that yeah, guy. Man, he absolutely destroyed that guy. God. People, people don't understand, man. You started, you started hits in the league with Mike. You know what I mean? But people don't understand how intense he was, how much he loved the game. And how hard he worked, you know, it was, it was you'd be hard pressed to find somebody that worked as hard as Mike Mitchell did. Um, and again, I you know going the second round to the Raiders, and he goes on to have a great career that he had. Man, you know, it was well deserved. The dude put in the work, man. His intensity. I remember messing with Mike, kind of reverse psychology on Mike. He's like, man, I'm gonna play as a freshman. I'm like, man, you ain't gonna be ready to play. But I saw something in him. You know, I thought that made him when I was trying to push him. You know, I didn't know if he, he probably didn't see it that way. He started like, and this dude hating on me, don't think I could play. But I saw something in him and, and, and kind of understand the mic, man, just try to put that fire on him, something to fuel him, to push him a little harder. And he definitely played as a freshman. And I think a lot of the people we played against would, would say, damn, I wish he didn't play because he, he fucked some dudes up a lot. <laughs> Uh, shout out, yeah, shout out to Mike Mitchell for laying some fucking man. hits, dude. That yeah, like for a man, for a man to be that willing to sacrifice his body, like he's like like yeah. the, the Dennis Rodman of football. Absolutely laid yeah, his man. body on the line on every the line. single yep. fucking snap without question. Every game. Yeah, like every one game, of the most man. one of the most fearless fucking individuals I've ever seen in my life. Like, shout out to Mike I mean, Mitchell. If, yeah, if you haven't watched his highlights, go check it out, man. Mike Mitchell. Dude, you are going to see some good here. So I'm encouraging everybody out there, man. Go check out Mike Mitchell College highlights. Shit, check out the school highlights too, man. 
Dude, and you know, a funny story I have for you about Mitch at Ohio, I'll never forget. Um, somehow I was on the sideline near, uh, you know, Jimmy Burrow and, and Mitch, Mike Mitchell, and, and Mitch had just laid a hit on a guy, and he stands over him. He's like, that's right, <laughs> bitch. And, like, and yeah. uh, Coach Burrow goes, Michael, you need to calm down. <laughs> I was like, that's like uh, bitch in a nutshell, dude. Like Captain Intensity. Yeah. I was like, let's go. Mitch is like going yeah. full speed in practice. Like, God. Oh man, I loved it. It's just like, man, just 110% every single snap. It didn't matter if it's a practice. It didn't matter if his own teammates. Mike Mitchell was going to bring the pain. Yes, he was. He did it, too. He definitely did it. God, dude. I tell you, another another great hit. Um, Mike Hinton. Oh, my God. Scott Mayo <laughs> ran a post route. Oh, that, yeah. I was running the scoreboard in the in the spring yeah. game, I think, and Scott Mayo yeah. runs a fucking post route across the middle, and Mike Hinton yeah. absolutely destroyed him across the middle. Yeah. Like he it's, smacked him so bad, dude. It's, it's funny you say that, man. You talk about hard hits, and I feel bad because it was on my teammate. But I saw Scott. We were at Miami later my sophomore year. And Scott uh, ran a slant. Miami had a uh, safety. Can't remember his first name, but his last name was Puka Terry. And I mean, he hit Scott so hard on that slant, like best of shit. And I'm pissed. I'm pissed because he's standing over, you know, Scott. You know, man, I'm about to fuck up. You know, Scott, Kenny, all right, you got to hit on him. Like, you stand over him. All right, now we got to fight, you know. But I'm not going to lie, man. That was probably one of the hardest hits I, I've ever seen, too, man. But Scott ate that shit. He got back in the game, man. Dude, and for those people that don't know about Mike Hinton, like Mike Hinton was something like something out of a Under Armour commercial. I'll, I'll never forget watching what? Mike at practices. Like he would have like the Under Armour skull cap like out like mm -hmm. thirty minutes before practice. Dude wouldn't have his shirt on. Mm -hmm. Like just straight carved from granite. Like check out his videos yeah. on like. He's he's like what's he squatting like five hundred now? Like he's just putting up insane yeah. amount of weight. I'm like Mike, you were a freak, dude. Crazy man, yeah, absolutely he was. <laughs> just a physical freak, dude. Like looking at him, I was just like, God damn! Like did, did we just get the second yeah, coming yeah. of Vernon Davis? Jesus. Yeah, man. To, to be that tall and that athletic and built that way to still be able to run, man. That was. That's a rare combination. Uh, Hinton definitely had it. You know, wish he could have played more for us, but, you know, you know, shit didn't work out. And, you know, but the time he did play, man, you know, he made plays for us. Yeah. And um, he's doing well with his training business now uh, in Alaska. So. I'll never forget the discussion. Speaking of Mike Hinton, I'll never forget the discussion in the dining hall amongst the players. This is an epic, epic college football discussion. It was who is the better college football quarterback of all time? Vince Young versus Michael Vick. Everyone in the dining hall was all for Vince Young, and Mike Hinton stood up for Mike Vick. Yeah, you talk about a hit, man. Hitting came from Virginia Tech, man. Um, 
So naturally, he's going to. Uh, and it's funny because looking back on it, I probably would pick Michael Vick too. You know, the only the 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 only the one thing I would say that uh, Vince Young had over Vick was winning that national championship. You right. Know, but the way you know the way Michael Vick took college football by storm. Come on, man. And in a sense, you could definitely say Vic made it possible for Vince Young to go on to do what he was able to do. You know, because now it was that, all right, we got to get us a mobile quarterback. He kind of, you know, he kind of, pa- he kind of paved the road for him. I mean, like, he I, did, man. I, I liked watching both of them. I mean, both are fascinating quarterbacks. And, you know, one of the yeah. things about, uh, one of the things that I will go on a little rant about Mike Vick. You know, so many people get up in arms about Mike Vick and the dog stuff, you know, like all I have to say is the man served his time. Like people want to bitch about, you know, okay, (laughs) I'm not, I'm not condoning dog violence here by any means. All right. But you know what? The man served his prison sentence. Let it go for God's sake. I, for one, love watching the guy play football. And I was super excited when he was back. And I loved watching yep. him take a goddamn blowtorch to the Redskins. That was an epic. Yeah, you remember that one? Yeah. God, that was an epic game, game dude. Yeah, well, really, I like seven touchdowns that game, something crazy <laughs> like that. Yeah. Uh, first play of the game, first play of the game, he hits Deshaun Jackson. I mean, just on point, just on point, like perfect. Michael Vick could just with a flick of the wrist throw the ball 60, 70 yards, it seemed like. Because. Because, because apparently, you know, LaRon Landry was lined up across mm-hmm. from Deshaun Jackson on that play. And you remember, mm-hmm. I think the previous game, yep. Deshaun Jackson had had a concussion. And so LaRon mm-hmm. Landry, being the idiot that he is, he decided to yeah. act like he was going to put Deshaun Jackson to sleep. <laughs> and uh, mm-hmm. sure enough, he got cooked. Man, D-Jax oh, absolutely yeah. fried him, dude. Yeah, yeah, man, yeah. But, no, we had so many discussions like that. It was whether it be in the dining hall or or the locker room, man. Those those were the days, man. You know, you being able to have that, those discussions about some of the the, the silliest shit at times. But, you know, you get a group of guys like that together and they're so strong-headed and opinionated, you're going to get epic uh, discussions and epic debates like that, man. That was one of the few. That was one of the many, rather, that we had over the years. Yeah. Vince Young, dude. Oh, man. I will never forget the the Rose Bowls that he had. A one against yeah. Michigan and then against USC. Shout out, shout out on, to man. Pete Carroll for leaving Reggie Bush <laughs> on the sidelines. Hey, guys, we're going to leave our best player on the fucking sidelines, and we're going to make it yeah. obvious where we're going with the ball. Texas sent the fucking house up the middle. God, that was... That I was, know. <laughs> I don't... I can't... It'd be interesting to go back and look at the, uh, the numbers on that game with the over-under and the spread, man. But Vegas, He's, I don't know, man. If you, if you were, you got to figure a lot of people put money on USC. So Vegas probably cashed in that day. Yeah, I mean that man. game, the the build up to that game to me in my lifetime. I mean there there's been some epic national title games, but the build up to that one, Texas and USC just fucking destroyed everyone. And it's funny, 
they the each news. had they each had like a close game or two, you know. Remember, like mm-hmm. you know, USC struggled, struggled yeah. with Fresno State. Like that was mind blowing, yeah. you know. Yeah, I think Reggie Bush had a oh. huge ass game. Oh, you, dude, you, know, you look at Reggie. Reggie had over five hundred all purpose yards that game, bro. That game. You yeah. look back at that thing. I don't know if that was the same year or the year before. That whole Notre Dame game where Matt Liner did a quarterback sneak, Reggie Bush put some in, man. Anybody, any team that makes a, a national championship run, you're going to have some, you're going to have some close calls, man. Right. It's, it's, it's too hard to get up for every game, right? Yeah. You know, you look at the U, USC, Notre Dame, you know they're going to be ready to play that game. USC, you know they're going to be ready to play that game. Um, UCLA, I mean, they're going to be ready to play that game. But you got USC versus Fresno State? Like, come on, man. And their minds are like, everybody beat the shit out of them. <laughs> and it just didn't work out that way. But, you know, good for uh, USC that they had the best college running back I've ever seen. Oh, Reggie yeah. Bush. It, was, it was. Yeah, I mean, it, it was. Yeah, that's not even close. It was so beautiful watching Reggie Bush run the football. I mean, to me, what a what a crime that the Heisman Trust took away his Heisman Trophy. People are going to get sick of hearing me say that on this podcast, but you know what? I'll fucking say it five million times because it was one of the biggest yeah. injustices in college football history because money is not an in, uh, performance-enhancing substance. Reggie earned yeah, that, was, that Heisman fair and fucking squares. One of the best players yeah. ever to play the game in yeah. any position. I agree, man. That, that was always my thoughts on it, too. It was like, it's not like he took the money and said, and the money was like, oh, this is going to make me run faster. This is going to make me catch better. Yeah, I, I mean, mean you're, you know, it, it's like Mikel Simpson said, you're not paying the defensive players to not tackle them. Hey, here's five hundred dollars. Don't tackle Reggie Bush. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, like they're they all just good. They're all trying they to keep their jobs too. Yeah. You know? Yeah, they tried to tackle them. They just couldn't. Man. Dude, Reggie, God, that one where he stopped on a dime, bro, and cut back. Ooh, God, oh, I mean that God. is just so graceful yeah. and just. The vision, like, it was like he was running on air, man. Like, just on a whole, whole nother level. Man, that, that's one of the marks of a good running back, man. Your ability to stop and start, you know. Stop, start, change your direction, but get back to top speed quickly. And Reggie had that, man. He had that. He had great vision, great balance. He was strong, and he was fast, man. He was, you know, I remember the first game of the season they played against Virginia Tech. And he caught it. They line him up at receiver. He just ran a fade route. Oh yeah, you know, was a running back, and he just ran by whoever. Uh, oh yeah, he, he, he just Wood. roasted him. You can't, you can't guard yeah. Reggie Bush. He's one of the most unguardable players bro. in college football history. So, and, and that was that was the dilemma. You stack the box to try to stop him running it. All right, we're gonna split him out and let him play receiver. <laughs> you have to play him one on one. You know what I mean? Oh I yeah. Mean, he, he cooked them, dude. He absolutely torched them, like, in the slot. It was just, go route, see you later, deuces. I'm going to the end zone. You can, ta- you can taste my cleat dust. See you later. <laughs> yeah, buddy. And yeah. I got one more hit for you. I'll be interested to, to hear if you remember this one because I don't know if I have the player right on this from Ohio who hit the quarterback, but, God, I will never forget this hit. Drew Willie 
a Buffalo got absolutely fucking smashed on the sideline. Mm. You remember that? Mm-mm, I don't, man. He, he got hit. I'm he, trying to think. He got hit by uh, David Escobar. I think he got a concussion and he was out That's for right. like 10 minutes. <laughs> Dude, yeah. Escobar I mean, blasted him, bro. Blasted him. Yeah, sure. I mean, better him than one of our quarterbacks, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but I don't remember that hit, man. That one, that's one I don't He got absolutely rocked. Yeah, Calvin, one thing I'm curious, you, you know, what I was talking to you about is how often, how often do people ask you if you look like, uh, if you're Kimbo Slice, because you look so much <laughs> like a dude with the beard and you're like a smaller version of Kimbo. One of my favorite athletes uh, of all time. Shout out to Kimbo Slice. We love you forever. Yeah, man. Um, it, I, I just say it got to the point that if one more person would have said it, they were going to get hit like Kimbo Slice. That's how often it happened. I was going to hit somebody like Kimbo Slice. I remember um, I had a workout with the Jets, man. Uh, I just got cut from Kansas City, and I had a workout up with the Jets. And I don't know if the team, I don't know where the team was at the time. Uh, but I think they brought in three three running backs, you know, and we finished the workout. We go back in the locker room, shower. I'm putting on my clothes, and I don't know who to do was. I can't remember, to be honest with you. But the team starts so walk back in, and somebody yells out, Oh, shit, I didn't know we were trying to kill both slice. I'm like, Come on, man. I'm just trying to, I'm like, damn, man, I'm just trying to take my shower and get out of here, man. But no, it's, it's, um, no, in a sense, man, it's an honor. You know, because you look at what Kimbo was able to do, man, that's like the, the true American dream. You talk about a dude that was fighting people in the backyard. You know what I mean? He's fighting people in the backyard and made his way to, uh, to the octagon, man. You know, so, like you said, man, shout out to Kimbo, man. That's a true legend right there. Miami dude, man. Florida dude, actually. Yeah. yeah man. I, I rock with Kimbo tough. Yeah. The the documentary on there's a documentary on YouTube that everyone out there should watch about Kimbo Slice. It literally had me in tears after watching it because Kimbo was such a big part of our generation, you know, like he was he was fighting on YouTube as we were in college. I felt like we kind of like grew up with Kimbo, you know, like we yeah, got yeah. through college and then Kimbo gets elevated to the octagon. I mean, it was the coolest shit ever. The fact it that was. a guy could fight people in the backyard for $50 a fight to put money yeah. on the table for his family and to and to yep. fucking hit that guy with dreads the way that he did. Yeah. It's the most <laughs> epic knockout I will ever see in my life, Calvin. I mean, yeah. God, he, now, he crazy, smashed that. The crazy dude. part to me was, the crazy part to me was, if you had been, uh, you know, or you had seen him fight and you knew what this dude could do, it's $50 worth getting your eye knocked out. Like, who the, why would you continue? Like, what would possess you to say, Oh uh, yeah, man. I'm 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 gonna fight Kimbo. Like, nah, man. I will. I'm cool. I will save up pennies and quarters and get my fifty dollars before I try to fight that dude. Like, I I never understood why dudes continue to try to fight him. Yeah, and they got the I, same result every time, man. Oh, but uh, I mean, for for my viewing enjoyment, I'm glad they did. But I tell you another thing that blew my mind is that. 
a, a random kid, a little skinny kid would take a hundred dollars. There's a video on YouTube uh, where Kimbo, they throw a hospital ball to this uh, kid and he gets tackled by Kimbo literally to this oh day. One of the hardest hits I will ever see in my life. Kimbo gets I mean, horizontal with this guy and the guy is like motionless on the ground. Uh, it's so dumb. And this is like on South Beach. Like, you catch this dude walking down the sidewalk on South Beach. Like, hey, we'll give you $100 to take this hit. I mean, he just, ah, damn, he. <laughs> uh, so imagine, imagine Kimbo being on a football field. You know, if he was a football player. Imagine being on the field. You know, you know he destroyed some dude. That mentality he had fighting on a football field, he took that mentality and put it on a football field. Yeah, yeah. You see him coming, you better get out of the way. <laughs> yeah, Kimbo. Yeah. And, the, and the and the best part about that documentary that what really like I was crying at the end of it. What really moved me to tears about Kimbo Slice was how everyone talked about you know what an amazing person Kimbo Slice was. Yeah. It just it's not only the fact that like he's an incredible fighter. You know, we've seen a lot of incredible fighters in our lifetime. You know, yeah. but. Kimbo, the combination of just being that rags to riches story, an incredible fighter, yep. and just <clears> such <throat> an incredible human being, man. It it, it made me cry yeah, man, you, that documentary. He definitely just seemed like a real dude, man. Like, you know, it, it was no bullshit. You knew what you were going to get with him, straight to the point. I'm going to be straight up 100 with you if you don't like it. If you like it, cool. If you don't, oh, well, do something about it. You know, uh... And you, you got to appreciate that because, uh, you know, I feel like I don't know how many true celebrities are like that at this point. Yeah, I agree, Calvin. A lot of there's definitely a lot of superficial people out there, which uh, leads me to my next topic. We'll we'll talk about your least favorite coach in college football. My <laughs> least favorite. Well, I, I got a couple, but. Pete Carroll is up there. That guy, one of the fakest people alive. Shout out to Sneaky Pete and shout out to Sneaky Pete yeah. for making Todd McNair take the fall for the Reggie Bush situation. Shout out to Sneaky Pete yeah. for that because no one ever talks about that shit. The national media does not yeah. touch it. And it's like, you know You're what? Right, I followed right. this shit over the years, and Todd McNair got fucked over in the whole situation. So, you know what? Yeah, if you're I gonna agree. if you're gonna dick over Todd McNair, you sure as shit better dick over Pete Carroll. But all oh no, <laughs> Pete Carroll just scot free, just oh, wash his hands clean, doesn't know anything about it. My God, that guy, yeah. he's <laughs> got some nerve, and it's it's part of the reason why he and Russell Wilson get along so well because. Every other word out of both of those guys' mouth is awesome, super cool, awesome, super cool. Hey, guys, for once in your lives, could things not be super awesome and cool? You guys are like the super awesome and cool robots. It's so awesome, hey, so awesome. It's hey, going to be a great day. But I, I rock with Wilson, though. I like Russell Wilson, man. You talk about the dude seems to me, it's about people being genuine. And I just think dude is just, you know, people call him corny or whatever. I think he is genuine with what he does. It's like the shit people used to give Tebow. You know, like, how do you hate Tebow for liking God? You know? Um, 
But, you know, I rock with Russell Wilson, man. You know, he, he, he's pretty solid to me. Uh, my least favorite coach, man, uh, I was never a fan of Urban Meyer. Um, I definitely applaud what he was able to do. Tremendous recruiter. Um, able to accomplish some great things. Talk about winning national championships and whatnot. Uh, but, and this is me on the outside looking in. I don't know anything about Urban Meyer. It's just what it appears to be. For him, it was win at all costs. You know, now, I'm no Ohio State fan whatsoever, but I talked to people who played under Jim Trucker, you know, and they were adamant about how much he cared about his players. So he went down to trying to cover something to take care of his players. You know what I mean? Uh, but Urban, man, he just seems like he's win at all costs, and you watch him on the sideline, it's like he, he's about to have a heart attack. I thought it was BS the way he left Florida. Like, okay, Tebow's going, my hockey trophy, quarterback's going, shit's about to get real. I think I'm going to take some time <laughs> Oh, esophageal spaz. I'm having a heart attack. Yeah, Tim Tebow, yeah. the love of my life is gone. You know, <laughs> and, you know and, and looking back on that, he did have some health issues, so I get and definitely understand that, but it just looked real shady at the time, man. But, um, yeah, I would have to put Urban in that category, but again, I definitely respect what he was able to do as a coach. You, there's no way you could deny that. Um, and Dabo, man, you know, it, it, dude just never seemed genuine to me. I'm sorry. Uh, I hope I'm wrong, but I'm just going off my gut. Again, I don't know this man, uh, from the next dude walking down the street, but I, it, it just doesn't seem genuine to me. You know, uh, again, I hope I'm wrong for his athlete's sake and they will probably stick up for him. Uh, as I would if, if my coach was being, you know, called out. But those are probably two that I'm not the hugest fans of, to be honest with you. Sure, yeah. I, I've never been a big fan of Urban Meyer, too. Uh, you know, like you said, I, he always looks like he's about to stroke out on the sidelines. Seems like a big <laughs> fraud to me. I mean, he, he does. Yeah. Looks like he's about to stroke out. I tell you, another guy I really hate, and I'm about to go in on him, Brian Kelly of Notre Dame. <laughs> My God. Uh, Brian you know Kelly? What? That guy? Jesus Christ. That guy's face turns purple when his quarterback throws a pick. It's just like, my me, God. Look, go for it. Let me go back. I'm sorry. Let me go back. Scratch Urban Scratch Devil. You are 100% correct. I fucking hate Brian Kelly. Fuck Brian Kelly, dude. Fuck him. I can actually say I hate him, man. You think it's, you remember when they had the film, the, the kid that died, man? Like, it was winning conditions. They said, hey, probably don't need to be up there. No, get up there. <laughs> yeah, the kid yeah. up dying, 50, man. 50 mile an hour wins. Thanks a lot, uh, Brian I Kelly. Can, I tell you this. I remember um, we getting ready to play Central Michigan and uh, the Mac Championship. And we had to do a phone uh, press conference. So it was myself, Coach Solich. And I think Austin was in the office uh, with us. Um, and I, I'm pretty sure he had already been talking to Cincinnati because he loved Central Michigan with Cincinnati. He had already been talking to Cincinnati about it. And I don't know if they thought the phone was hung. They had hung up the phone. But you could hear him arguing with his player. Whoever was in the room with him. You know, and he's saying, I told you all if a better job opens up, I'm leaving. You know, you see, it seemed real shitty to me, man. And again, the dude just, like you said, his face on, you just look at it, he just has a dislikable face. Brian Kelly treats sense. his players like pieces of meat, dude. Yeah, he does, man. I, 
Like, Brian Kelly. I'll never forget, bro. Brian Kelly fucking shoved his strength coach off. He grabs his strength coach by the shirt, shoves him off the field about five yards so his team didn't get a penalty. I get that. But after the game, Brian Kelly apologizes. He goes, I'm not going to apologize to anyone. It's like, Fuck you, dude. You think yeah. you are bigger than God. Like, humble yeah, yourself. Does. My God. Get over yourself, yeah. Brian Kelly. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. He definitely has that that uh, arrogance about him, man. And like what the, what what has he done in Notre Dame? Yeah. I besides, mean they they, they, they went to the they national shoot. championship and got absolutely steamrolled got by the, Nick they Saban. Got destroyed, man. They got destroyed. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And, and that's one of those programs each year they're going to be ranked up the top, near the top of, you know, the college football rankings. And they always find a way to blow it. They always find a way to blow it, man. Brian, like Br- said, man. Brian Kelly, he's he's an absolute psycho, dude. Like, I cannot imagine yeah. being a, a incoming quarterback and watching the way he handles his quarterbacks with turnovers and being like, you know what? I, I think I'm going to sign up for that shit. Like, give me a break. Yeah. There's a reason all those quarterbacks leave early because they don't want to put up with Brian Kelly's shit. He is a fucking psychopath. <laughs> the second they turn over the ball, the man's face turns purple. And you want to talk about stroking out? Man, there's about 10 yeah. or 15 times I could count for you that Brian Kelly's yeah. going to stroke out over the years. Jesus. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. <laughs> Good. God, that guy is the worst. Just yeah. to the flow theory podcast you can listen to our podcast on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, stitcher spotify and tune in